it's so nice to be on a podcast that's sensible and not horrible and chaotic like I've been on the last few podcasts yeah. that I've recorded, <laughs> which have just been awful experiences. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have no idea what you're talking about, and I also refuse to admit any guilt in that. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just nice to be with sensible people and Janos. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> sensible, that's us, baby. We're, we're normal here. We're normal. This is the Nomi normal. <laughs> We're normal. I just saw Garfield and and Nermal came out. Small and young. Yeah, that's me. I'm young. Not Um, for much longer. mm -hmm. Four four more hours. I had to calculate what time's on your end. I don't even know. Okay. If this this episode goes on for long enough, we'll drift (laughs) right into your birthday. Yeah, I mean, it depends how much you have to say about season one of Twin Peaks, which I imagine can't be that much. I mean, what is that to say, really? That's just that's just eight hours of content. Ah, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's just fun, fine, normal stuff. Um, I'm going to intro us so we can get started. Please. Go. In heaven, everything is fine. In heaven, everything is Lynchpin, the David Lynch watch podcast where we go over his oeuvre and we imagine patting him on the head with our human hands. I'm your your host, Chaz. I'm your host, Janos. I'm your host, Alec. Naj so Roy Mia. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Nipchnil ut Mucklow. Just go ahead and don't reverse that in the final edit. Incredible stuff. Wish <laughs> uh, <laughs> we had all done it so it was reversed. That would be that would be great. That would yeah. be very cool. I'm. I guess it's not that hard to reverse audio, but I'm. It's not. Not gonna put effort into it because I have. That's very wrong. A different podcast also to edit this week, and this is the. This is the only podcast. That that's matters. also true. Um, I have never done a different podcast. Me neither. Um, yeah, this week we are talking about the first season of Twin Peaks uh, as broadcast in 1991, right? That's right. Uh, 90. Uh, uh, is it? Does it go over? Yeah. Season 1 is April 1990 to, uh, April, uh, to May 1990, and Season 2 is September 90 until June 91. Okay. Yeah. So season one began airing in nineteen. Yeah. yeah. That's how TV was done back. In yeah, the, back in the old days where TV used to come out one episode a week. Um, yeah. It would take ages to come out, unlike now. God, imagine you know, imagine watching broadcast television. I can't. <laughs> at some point, the world just decided that we prefer TV to all come out at once. But like, I don't know. I can really only handle one story a week. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I just we- try and watch a whole television show, it's like, ugh, it's like a chore. Yes. Unless it's David Lynch's actually- Twin Peaks. I don't think anybody actually <laughs> prefers TV to come out all at once. It's just um, 
an easier selling point, I guess, for a streaming corporation to have mm. like all episodes out at once. Like they they're gonna tell us that this is what we want. Yeah, we've been informed that we like it, mm-hmm. um, and we don't have any choice except to comply. Yeah, it's like how um, <laughs> this is this is the worst analogy, but <laughs> uh-huh. this is uh-huh. how um, Burger King convinces you that you want a Whopper and. <laughs> <laughs> true story when i was like young i i, I saw the like images or, and like ads for the whopper and i i thought like this this has got to be the greatest fast food sandwich on the earth uh there's no way it's you know Mac- the mcdonald's is over for me now i need to eat a burger king whopper now and uh-huh. i had one and it wasn't good <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing right burger king just isn't good it's the it's a it's crazy how just we've all accepted that it's still here we haven't burned down every burger king in america and <laughs> yeah. europe i assume it's, <laughs> yeah. no it's honestly incredible that it's like out of all the fast food corporations it's like the number two worldwide I have maybe had Burger King once in my life, and it was like very overpriced, and I did yeah. not care for it. It was like, eh, yeah, I think that's I think that's me. the same for me. I've, I've only ever had it very few times, and I've never like not in, it's never been good enough for me to remember eating it. Yeah, I don't no. know anyone who likes it. Listen, listeners, if you love Burger King, <laughs> write in and tell us. <laughs> What's the most disappointed you have been uh, with a Whopper? Because uh, they had that killer, like, you know, why you eat with a clown when you can eat with the king campaign. <laughs> Which is oh really offensive to me. I mean, <laughs> why, would I, why, would I, why would anyone say, I don't want to eat with a clown, I'm going to support the monarchy and eat with the king instead? <laughs> it's, it, it's like when... <laughs> when uh, when in the like 90s or whatever sega advertised their console over the nintendo 64 mm-hmm. by saying genesis can do what nintendo don't oh that's good though <laughs> except that that's very good i would applaud that if i was watching tv at the time <laughs> yeah, it's, see it's very good but on the other hand one of them has the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time and Super Mario 64 and the other doesn't so I don't know I'm mean, yeah, gonna played any a, of them yeah I've not, a, not a, owned either of those two fucking <laughs> legless trunks of stone in the desert kind of thing <laughs> <laughs> now that's a king I wouldn't want to eat with <laughs> <laughs> okay um, yeah so also the Burger King just <laughs> Just to, okay. to talk about the Burger King for one more second. <laughs> to remain yeah, on the Burger King tangent. Time on the Burger King. We got nothing, we got nothing else food to... Mascot, yeah. the, the entire characteristic of the Burger King is that he's a huge pervert. <laughs> That's true. That's true. He's like that sneaking is, in people's houses yeah. and shit. Yeah. What? Like they, they made bank off the fact the mask looks creepy versus like McDonald's tried to like... I almost said woobify Ronald McDonald, but that's not the right word. It's um, bimbification. <laughs> yeah, they bimbified <laughs> Ronald McDonald, but they kept the the king creepy as shit. <laughs> anyway, fuck the Burger Any- yeah, Honestly, the Burger King could be like a thing that appears in the Black Lodge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that is right. Probably. Like the guy with the mask with the big yeah, nose. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The talisman guy. Yeah. 
Which, um, yeah, so this week we, as I said, we watched Twin Peaks Season 1, um, starring Carl McLaughlin, um, Sherilyn Fenn, uh, various other people. <laughs> we have a return of our, our good friend, um, what's Jack his Nels. name? Yeah. Special um, credit to John Chen as... Uh, Josie Packard. Josie Packard. Josie Packard. You know, we need to see that at the beginning of every episode. She needs to get... She needs to be credited before, like, the she's guy important. who plays Andy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think so. She's... It's because... I don't know why they do it like that. It's just like she's a... You, she's a special character. She had a good a- agent, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what the story behind hot. that is. Um, she is hot. She is very hot. She's okay. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, interestingly, her character was the one they originally wanted um, uh, Isabella Rossellini to play. Oh, that would have so much that better. That makes an amount of sense. Yeah, and I think, yeah, she is, she does have this thing where she, like, mirrors uh, Dale with, like, her hair and her sort of stuff. Um, I um, just feel like the weight of her plot that she, she, it should have gotten just gets totally lost by i guess we're going to talk about this yeah. in a minute but gets totally lost by the, her acting and also by the guy who plays hank <laughs> like they're just yeah not up to it <laughs> yeah oh, he's hank. like he's very gross though i think he's successfully very gross mm. um anyways the basic plot of twin peaks if you're listening to this and you don't know anything about twin peaks god imagine um a girl is murdered in a small town um, in Washington, I was going to say county, Washington State, uh, just about like three miles from the Canadian border in America in 1989. And her murder throws up a bunch of shit and everyone in the town is like having affairs with each other all the time. Um, there. <laughs> and uh, there's a bunch of secrets. There's a bunch of like shady business deals and drama. And one FBI agent by the name of Dale Cooper, a uh, he arrives on the scene to try and try and figure out who killed her because he believes her murder is part of a, a serial killer. Um, uh, serial. <laughs> 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 What'd you call that? Sequence? A sequence killer. Uh, he, he thinks her murder is connected to the murder of another girl who he was, was like involved in the investigation of the year before. Um, and then everything sort of, sort of echoes off from that. I'm not even going to, I'm not going to, summarize everything because I can't oh, be yeah there's a lot going on yeah, yeah we can talk about we'll just talk the about plots it. that yeah yeah in whatever way yeah so I, I guess first of all it's um it is very david lynch but obviously not every episode is directed and written by david lynch it's a tv series an american tv series have a showrunner and then like other writers and directors and stuff but yeah, it is very interesting. It has a lot of the things that I associate with him and what people associate with him now because of this, I think, often, um, which is the sort of so- soapy relationship drama mixed with sort of horror of suburban life and like, secrets lurking beneath this, beneath the surface and like very strong visual shots and sound design. But honestly, even saying Twin Peaks, like... At least season one of Twin Peaks is very David Lynch because he's the creator or co-creator with Mike Frost. 
is yeah. is kind of an exaggeration, I think, because mm. really the only like he has, he directed two episodes, uh, the pilot and episode two, aka episode three, <laughs> because the titling convention is bullshit. Yeah, that did um, confuse me when I was watching them. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the the to those who don't know, the episodes are titled the pilot, which is the first episode, is called pilot, and then the second episode is called episode one, and so on. Yeah, and uh, the, um, yeah, he he directed those two episodes, and those have like the most um, memorable like spooky moments, mm. uh, and also the most memorable like weird moments, and the rest of it is mostly a very entertaining soap opera i think yeah but they uh, they don't have that like extremely lynchian thing to them or or even don't have the things that uh, people who are inspired by twin peaks put into their works i guess no um and the because like the original pilot episode was also cut into like a movie length episode that was called like the european pilot and that in that involves a lot of the stuff that they put in episode two, um, the one where they talk about Tibet, where he's in the lodge, well, he's in the Red Room, and it's 25 years later, it was originally from the European pilot, and they have this okay. whole section with Mike and Bob um, in, like, the hospital cellar, and there's candles, and they use some mm. of the visuals. But I think, like, when I made Alec watch it for the first time, that we accidentally watched that pilot Yeah, we accidentally first. watched that <laughs> first, and sort of, I got a lot more plot details in the very first episode a lot quicker yeah but I, I don't think i don't think it actually had an impact on my enjoyment of the rest of the series oh, no. series at all because it's not like solid you know like twists or you know it doesn't give it doesn't give away the whole the whole um, story mm. and it, and it flew by it's like really long that that um, i've never seen the version. longer version because the normal version of the pilot is also movie length like it's already yeah. 90 minutes um so yeah, I'm only familiar with the, I guess, canonical version of the pilot. <laughs> mm. Yeah. The American, the normal version of the <laughs> yeah. pilot. The version for normies that, yeah. you know, just not as good as the European one. Um. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think David Lynch cut the European version together. So, you know, not to be... Oh, no, he did, because it was meant to be... If um, if it wasn't picked up, oh, then I this see. was meant to be like a, a movie version of the plot. Um, if it wasn't turned into a series, so yeah, it was it was like a version that in the same way that Mulholland Drive okay. was meant to be a TV show. I mean, but but those extra scenes later appear in later episodes, right? Yeah, yeah. He like um, not all of them. Um, some of it is a dream sequence when he has that like long dream the first one where it gets really weird um mm. but in that version they literally go into the room in the hospital and bob is revealed as the killer um, <laughs> and he's just like a he's just like a spirit guy called bob who's just like in this room mm. um, <laughs> and they sort of explain what happened and he does the whole i'm gonna catch you with my death bag thing yeah um well i guess I guess we've revealed the killer now, so... Oh, yeah, are we just going full spoilers on this <laughs> on this one? I mean, I just... I guess you can listen to this. I don't know. I feel like we... I don't, I, I don't know. I feel like it's been long enough, you know? <laughs> yeah, I wonder if anyone does not know who the... Because mm. I don't know how to say this without being spoilery, but I, 
I do think the who killed Laura Palmer question mark thing is like kind of misleading because it's okay so let's let's just say you know if you want to be very careful about spoilers bad luck because Chaz already revealed it but (laughs) (laughs) yeah but I didn't reveal like you know you find out Bob's the murderer in like the fourth episode no it's very obvious that Bob's the killer that's what I was gonna say like the whole like who killed Laura Palmer is like not that much of a mystery it's the question mark is or the mystery is then whose body does Bob inhabit which is whose body does Laura Palmer's killer inhabit which is less catchy than saying who killed Laura Palmer (laughs) yeah you can't write it on like a three lamp. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I think the first ep- like the pilot, is extremely solid. Mm, really, really. Yeah. Good. Oh yeah. my gosh! Like knowing, like for me, like watching the pilot, having seen Fire Walk with me, and like knowing mm. what yeah like happened, it fucking it hits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the moment, the moment that sticks with me the most, and every time I watch it, I get like chills. Is when the when you, is it the first time you meet James and um, Don at the yes. school, and there's the oh, yeah. the policeman comes in, and they both look at the empty chair, and then they both look at each other, and oh god, <laughs> yeah, that like long shot that like goes through the school halls, yeah, yeah, uh, when the when it when the director. I think announces that uh, Laura has been murdered is like I I really think because the whole like high school drama aspect gets lost immediately basically yeah no yeah. The, <laughs> these kids never go to of. school once <laughs> <laughs> yeah except to go smoke and trade secrets in the, in the bathroom. bathroom yeah yeah <laughs> it's like I get so confused with like Bobby and Shelly I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, because Shelly, I think, has dropped out of school. But yeah. Bobby, yeah. I'm like, why aren't you in class right now? He's just a delinquent. <laughs> say, uh, Shelly dropped out of school in eleventh grade to marry Leo. Yeah, which rough. Stellar yeah. choice. Yeah. Um, and Bobby, but but like this has the thing that like every high school drama has, right? Where every where all the high schoolers are like played by actors in their late twenties or thirties. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So it's like very hard to see someone like Bobby in high school. <laughs> I love yeah, Bobby. Bobby's my favorite. <laughs> fucking in the return, like because Bobby's old as shit. Yeah, <laughs> he's supposed to be what, like twenty or not twenty? Like oh, it's twenty-five God. years later, so like forty. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever eighteen plus twenty-five is, that's yeah. a forty. Yeah, forty-three <laughs> hit Bobby like a truck. <laughs> <laughs> god yeah and like um i guess the rest of them as well like, yeah uh, uh mad dynamic and stuff yeah although yeah. she still looks great oh yeah she's she, she plays a male phone riverdale so she does and i love it um <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh i still don't know how to structure this i guess we could <laughs> go by like I don't know, general discussion. Just, like, throw out points and we'll, we'll talk about it, I guess. Uh, uh, I live yes. in... I live quite oh, yeah, near... Uh, I don't know that there's an actual town called Twin Peaks, but I live near the waterfall. Oh, uh, cool. That's and it looks the, so uh, great. Yeah, yeah. And the diner, too. Which oh, I've been to yeah. that one a times. Yeah. Where they, oh, where wow. they shot it and stuff. It's nice. They have, like, some stuff on the walls and, like, I don't know stuff around about Twin Peaks 
the the pie is actually very very good uh the oh. coffee is <laughs> the coffee's kind of shit um, <laughs> oh my god that's, that's that's what everyone in fucking uh Twin Peaks log posting on Facebook, they'll be like, oh, the coffee was bad. Well, yeah, because he doesn't say damn good coffee in the diner. Fake fan. Um, <laughs> That's anyway. true. He says it in the hotel. Oh, no, he did, he did also like the coffee in the diner. Like, there was that later episode where he was like, Harry, the one secret I can tell you is you have to give yourself a gift every day. Yeah. <laughs> My gift today is a coffee. So much, so much of like the famous quotes and stuff do come from the first season. I yeah. think, even though it's only yeah, eight episodes, yeah, yeah. so much of the like iconic moments come from these, like this series of episodes. And even like from the first three episodes. Yeah. Yeah. And it was massive at the time. Like it was huge. Everyone yeah. was watching Twin Peaks. I understand. Like my my mom watched Twin Peaks. Yeah. And- she doesn't know who David Lynch is. <laughs> yeah, it was enormous. Like, I can't imagine being a conventional TV watcher in, like, 1990 and then seeing, I don't know, like, the episode three bit where he's in the lodge and it's got the guy and he's dancing. Like, uh-huh. how do you respond to that? Yeah. But there's a ton of stuff that is, like, very normal to, like, mm. all the soap opera Well, yeah, stuff. exactly. It tricks you into thinking it's going to be normal, and a yeah. lot of it is normal, but then that makes the weirder moments sort of weirder. Yeah. <laughs> because you're not, like, primed for it. Um, I made my parents watch it recently, and they were very confused. Uh-huh. <laughs> so interesting. Have they not seen it when it aired? No. No, they, they sort of never watched it before. Um, mm-hmm. They didn't even know what it was, really. Yeah. Yeah, because my mom was, like, an OG fan. Like, she watched it back when it aired. And she still hasn't seen The Return. No. The I mean, Return is, yeah. again, a very different thing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and it's a commitment that The Return Yeah. Is, uh... And I don't knows. think those who, like, were a fan of the show in the 90s, but don't really... Didn't really follow where David Lynch went after that. I don't, I don't think it's for them. The return is only for people who like Firewalk with me. Yeah, which also, which I'm also not sure if my mom has seen. Mm. To be those honest, those people who those people who boot it at Cannes, they they don't like the return, or maybe they pretend to now. I don't know. For the cloud. Uh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Fake fans. Um, yeah, but yeah, like all the all the iconic moments are, I think, in the first three episodes. Like David Lynch directed the first and the third episode uh the mm. <laughs> second episode was directed by a guy named Dwayne Dunham uh mm-hmm. also also known for uh directing um let's see he's done some wild stuff he uh directed the movie Halloween Town which is a Disney Channel original movie <laughs> Halloween Town okay vaguely remember that <laughs> uh he directed Little Giants, American family sports comedy starring Rick Moranis and Ed O'Neill uh, <laughs> as rival football coaches. Okay. What's, wait, what's it called? Little Giants. Little Giants, yes. Just like Haikyuu. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, he was an editor on some David Lynch movies. But all right. like, my, my I think, um, point is, like, it's, I, I think it was very noticeable how, like, uh, the second episode... Uh, while still being a classic uh, and was written by Mike Frost and David Lynch it was very noticeably not directed by David Lynch because there were like some very wacky like flashback moments 
mm. uh, to like the previous episode like do you remember this yeah. happening <laughs> oh yeah in case you forgot and then the um. like the, the first episode the pilot obviously a classic i think it's very effective how for the first like half an hour coop doesn't even show up like it's just showing yeah, yeah, the yeah. town of twin peaks mm. and how they react to laura's death and then like yeah. at the point where we've like endured enough misery uh funny <laughs> fbi Fun man shows up <laughs> yeah, yeah funny <laughs> um and, I, and, and that I, episode already has the like fire walk with me thing uh we yeah. meet like all our faves who we all love such as Donna Hayward or James Hurley. (laughs) (laughs) Fan favorite James Hurley. Uh, (laughs) He steps in with his hair and his motor back and I go, what a cool character. James James has always been cool. He's always been cool. I see this character, I think he is cool now and is never won't be. (laughs) (gasps) What a cool guy. I'm sure if he... Man, I would love to hear this guy sing. I'm sure it would be like have a, a great rock and roll voice. Yeah, yeah be good. If this guy went somewhere and met some people, I would love to see that storyline uh-huh. some bright day. Oh no! I think that what I forgot was how much of the first few episodes is like James and Donna. James and Donna, yeah, yeah, romantic moments, yeah, very yeah, yeah. close ups on their face as they talk to each other, mm-hmm. which yeah. I try really hard to care about (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, to my memory, I remember vaguely enjoying the James and Donna stuff, but rewatching it this time, I was like, oh, this is probably the weakest of, like, the kids bits. Probably because we know where it's going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's... I don't... I I, think there's worse things, even in this... Like, there's worse plotline, even in this first mm. season. Like, I think the entire... uh, The entire Hank plotline is on on its whole worst but the James the whole, and Donna the is like the, the worst mill. in relation to how much we're supposed to care about it mm. Mm. they're just yeah, like the guy who like... plays James like I people like to make fun of his forehead and <laughs> yeah you know not to make fun of people's appearances but he probably deserves it but I think <laughs> I think what annoyed me more really is just like person. his line deliveries yeah it's, it's something in the way he's like, Donna, I just, I knew it was meant to be this way. <laughs> she wanted us to be like this. <laughs> I almost feel like some of the time, the sort of maybe poor or questionable line delivery sort of almost goes in the show's favor because it's sort of well, it trying does. to go for that sort yeah. of like, you know, bit campy, bit rubbishy sort of soap thing where the performances are not reliable, yeah. really. No, it is very exaggerated. It's sort of like melodrama. It's like, you know. Yeah. I think it works great with uh, with Andy and Lucy. They are my favorite <laughs> in the whole wide world. <laughs> oh. Oh, wow. I do kind of like the, the James and Donna stuff kind of adds a second layer of, I guess, intrigue where because mm. it's like, oh, they're they're also trying to solve it. Mm, so, yeah, they, they'll yeah, learn a piece yeah. of information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like Harry and Cooper don't know that yet. Yeah, so it's like yeah. I, I thought it was fun, fun to have a concurrent investigation going on at the same time. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think it's yeah. it works great in principle, and like especially in the pilot, that scene where they're like escaping is beautifully shot. Mm. It's you know David Lynch's like way to shoot a street at night is an unparalleled. Oh, yeah. 
I I love the shot of the traffic lights that we get quite yeah. a lot, where it's like yeah. the weird hanging traffic lights, and it it just feels very bleak and sort of sinister. That I think is really cool, and they they go back to it quite a lot, which I think mm. is yeah, it's it's very it's very atmospheric. Yeah, yeah. But what I was gonna say, like it it I think it works as for what it is in the plot, and also for f- the way it's shot, at least in the beginning. Uh, it's just that one the performances are whatever of of like especially these two actors like James Marshall and uh Laura Flynn Boyle mm. just don't really live up to what their role is supposed to be but more importantly because I don't even mind soapy performances I think as as Alex said it's uh you know kind of what makes Twin Peaks Twin Peaks is that yeah. it's very soapy but, but yeah. also for like what that plot line is then going to amount in season two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I I do think that it is mostly it is mostly James's actor because like when Donna yeah. goes off to do I mean not to get into season two much but when she goes off to have her the whole like um, the shutting guy Harold. Um, oh my god! I hate that guy. <laughs> He's very weird, but like her acting in those scenes is really good, and I think she she does play it like really effectively. And yeah, um, I just I just think when it's the two of them and they're having moments, it's not yeah, it it doesn't really it, yeah yeah it doesn't right. work. It doesn't no. don't really have. It's kind of hard to believe that James is a guy who like <laughs> two different uh, women would fall for. <laughs> And then a third one in the next season. Mm. Like I don't know, kind of like Laura in her in that tape they find in the coconut to jump ahead like a bunch. Like, yeah, he just is. He seems like a very sweet, utterly bland guy. Mm -hmm. Yes, he's Uh, not. He's not got a great sense of fun. He takes himself very seriously all the time. He's a dance boy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that's the worst part about him because Bobby also sucks, but I love Bobby. Because yeah, Bobby is just unrelentingly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. oh. Bobby just is just, I love him. <laughs> he's just such a perfect... He's going to uh, turn it upside down. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to turn it all upside down. <laughs> I think Bobby is like, I, even though he's too old, the actor, he's still like such a perfect like trash boy. Yeah. I but love his so... relationship with his dad. Yeah. I so, love it yeah. so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it hits just right. Yeah, mm. uh, Major Briggs, like, even though it's problematic to stand a military guy, is also, like, still one of my favorite characters in the show. Yeah, mine too. Yeah, and I think he he does a really good job, and I think, again, the actor is good. In He portrays Bobby as being, like, initially very unhinged. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, okay, so this guy is just, like, a crazy teen. Like, he's one of those guys who, like, sets fires to cats or something. Um... <laughs> But then the more you're around him, the more you realize he's just incredibly unhappy yeah. and that his relationship with Laura was, like, just really destructive to him. Yeah, and, like, just, really, like, way, really over, him. way in over his head. Yeah. With all like, the, the drug trafficking stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's this whole thing about the first time they slept together, he cried and she laughed at him, which is in the diary as well, in the book. Um, it talks uh-huh. about that, and it's just, like her whole relationship with him was based on him doing stuff for her and her kind of like emotionally torturing him (laughs) and you sort of you can sort of see how it comes through a lot 
Yeah, it's such a great scene where, uh, and this is in one of the non-David Lynch directed episodes, just to also praise something that others have directed. Uh, <laughs> but then, like, I think episode six or seven, there's that mm. amazing scene where Dr. Jacoby, who is my enemy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, 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 he's a bad, bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> where he just like makes him cry like the, yep. like a psychologist mm-hmm. is supposed to do yeah <laughs> yeah yeah he's trying I, to get I info a, out of him mini dr jacoby is my t- trash prince son because <laughs> um, <laughs> i don't know he reminds yeah. me a little bit of my actual therapist but like not as <laughs> My real therapist isn't as sleazy. He's just a, a weird, eccentric guy. Uh-huh. So, I don't know. He's fun. Yeah. He's also terrible, and I love him. Yeah, yeah, it's a great contrast between him being, like, this weird guy who's obsessed with Hawaii and has, like, a Hawaiian, like, imported girlfriend <laughs> um, or wife. And he's got this, like, Hawaiian-themed house. But then it's also the bit where Coop sees him at the graveyard. And he's like, I don't actually care about my patients. Yeah. I just pretend to care. And I, I can't bring myself to really care apart from with Laura. Which is, again, this really weird thing where everyone is always obsessed with Laura. Like, they... And that's, like, for various reasons. But they just... Everyone wants so much from her all the time. And they're all obsessed with her. And it's, like, the the principal of the school like sobbing with tears and it's like it's sad because it's this tragedy but also it's kind of like off-putting i find Mm -hmm. the way especially all these like old men who are like so heartbroken by her death but in a way where it feels awful which is a big point of her character and like her arc in the town (laughs) all these people are creeps (laughs) (laughs) that's i think that's kind of core to the like concept of the show i think yes. in response to like murder of the week kind of detective shows to mm. really show like this one person's impact mm, yeah, on yeah. this town and like yeah. i think by nature of like <laughs> extending that so far and like wanting to keep the mystery going it gets to a point where like she knew everyone on in town and she did the meals mm. on wheels and had multiple affairs and did all these different things and talked to the yeah. shut-in guy and like i don't have time to uh, <laughs> get down to the gym am i right yeah <laughs> let alone in high school yes because it's, it's this thing is like the core of her character she believes in internally that she's evil and i i guess we get more of that later on but yeah. Yeah, it's, it's that she believes she's evil and that she's constantly trying to do good things to prove that she's actually not evil and to get other people to think that she's good. But also she try, kind of has this urge to corrupt everything because she feels so bad about herself, yeah. which is like part of her relationship with Bobby. Um, but yeah, so it ends up with her just like doing so many things. <laughs> <laughs> so, so she's like, she has this weird BDSM relationship with Leo. Um, which is, like, an ongoing thing. And then she's doing these, like, weird magazine flesh world photos with him as well and the Renaults. And she's doing coke all the time. And she's going to clubs, like, in Firewalk with me. Um, and she's doing the Meals on Wheels. And she's tutoring Josie in English. And she's yeah, going God, and seeing fuck. Audrey's brother. <laughs> mm-hmm. God, yeah. <laughs> um, she's just, yeah... 
and the Meals and Wheels. It's, yeah, it's intense. But yeah, she is just like this presence just in everything, yeah. which I guess is why her her death is so yeah. effective. I, mean, I guess it, yeah, I guess it just has to be in a murder mystery where like everyone has some sort of relationship to the mm. victim. But then, even though like nobody has, like Laura is the person who uh, the most people are tied to in some way. It's also like kind of funny how like all the other characters are tied to each other in yeah. It's this sort of like everyone of, cheating of adultery. Mm. Yeah. Yes. If there would all just be one big polycule, you could solve this whole thing out. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to take out the members of the polycule who are like doing evil. <laughs> yeah, of course. Get <laughs> Which Leo is all out of vote, there. The, vote them yeah. off the island. Yeah. <laughs> I, like I think my. F- what like who came out as my stealth favorite character on this rewatch is Catherine. Yeah, mm, I love yeah, Catherine. no, she, Catherine's really? great. She's. I like Catherine. Yeah, she's she's so uh, just evil in an unhinged way at first, or like <laughs> mean. She just like yeah. doesn't give a shit if everyone knows about her affair. Uh, she's like, I think in like the first or second episode, she just like fires some random worker <laughs> yeah uh, yeah yeah yeah. and then yeah, she's doing that i'm evil thing <laughs> i'm going to cause problems on purpose <laughs> but then like towards the end is which is like one of the final scenes where like pete goes in to save her from the fire because she's still my wife oh god pete yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I love oh. Pete so much. That building, I remember that building being less on fire when I watched it the first time. And this, this time I saw it, I was like, Pete, are you really sure? That building appears to be very, very ablaze currently. <laughs> what a good guy. Yeah. Wow, what a guy. Yeah, um, and obviously Pete is played by our um, our old friend, John uh, Jack Nance. The boy. Who, you know, just doing his David Lynch thing. He's here. <laughs> He's, he's here. He's befuddled. <laughs> he's very, he's, he's very lovely. There's a fish in the percolator. <laughs> in the there percolator. In the percolator. <laughs> How did it get there? What a funny guy. <laughs> I think his relationship to Catherine is so funny as well. Yeah. Because they're like, obviously they're married, but they also don't really seem to like each other very much. And he spends a lot of time like sabotaging her and she's <laughs> yeah. just like done with him all the time. Um, but then at the end, they have this whole thing where she's like, you gotta help me because no one else likes me and no one else would <laughs> even try and help me. Um, and, you know, they had a fun, like, uh, relationship where he was, like, from from the from the lower classes and she was, like, the fancy lady on the hill. And, you know, it's just a fun mm-hmm. relationship, I think. <laughs> yeah. even though I think and I think uh, Pete and Catherine, like, the... Piper Laurie and Jack Nance are like two actors who are like so good at chewing scenery in both in oh, their yeah. own ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Same yeah, with like um, uh, Ben Horn too. Yeah. He's just he's <laughs> yeah. everywhere. So sleazy. So, it's like almost oh. unimaginable how sleazy he is. Yeah. <laughs> Im- Im- impressive he manages to cram that much sleaze into one that, human mm. body. With his big cigar. And God that's like... Yeah. Honestly, like one of the most iconic scenes David Lynch has directed. Like that's why I say that it's so noticeable which of the episodes were directed by David Lynch and which of them weren't. Because the iconic scene where he was eating a sandwich in episode three is like that's like something only David Lynch can pull off. (laughs) 
Yeah. That makes me so mad side, how like easy a... that baguette. Oh. <laughs> what, from the middle? Like a vampire. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> oh. Dreadful. Brie and butter. I love that because his brother does come in and they're like in the middle of dinner and they've had this really long opening scene where they're all sitting at, they're at like opposite ends of this table and no one's talking and they're eating in silence this family meal for like five minutes before he comes in and just like fucks everything up and goes I'm gonna go talk to Jerry now um, that's why he always yeah. has food with him when he when he enters a scene he does tend to yeah oh yeah I love that, that guy he's just a fun guy lamb. Jerry Jerry Horn what a oh. ben, and, ben and Jerry Ben and Jerry <laughs> yeah ben do you Jerry. get it yeah I get it yeah uh-huh. <laughs> they're just um, you know they're just two fun loving guys who don't like uh do anything with like teenage sex trafficking yeah they don't just go to their like teenage brothel across the border and then go have sex with children yeah yeah that stuff that stuff kind of sucks i think it's like i think it's very thematically important it is it is Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it does suck from like a uh you know from a a general point of view i think it's really interesting how they do it as well because it's part of this weird exaggerated world that it all takes place in where like you know the fbi are just like you know they're just fun guys who are investigating supernatural things mm-hmm. and they're cool and yeah. the brothel is like this weird casino where they dress in like card costumes yeah and it's all very like weird camp that sort of i don't know it it it's very stylized, I yeah. think, even though it is still gross. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm not looking forward to that scene in the next season where, like, Ben is going to try to have sex with his own daughter accidentally. I think that's, yeah, yeah. I think that's the first episode of season two. Yeah. It just goes straight in. It's, Leaves which it is, on a cliffhanger. Yeah. Thematic. <laughs> mm. It is. It's, it absolutely is. It's just, yeah, I don't know. This is gross. It's pretty I gross. Think about that, I think about that scene where... Um, Audrey like has the interview yeah. at the for the brothel and like I think it would be a good gag if she put the cherry stem in her mouth to tie the knot but then she just went gulp <laughs> just fucking swallowed that shit she's like, Blackie's like oh you can swallow my cherry stem <laughs> she's just like what was that supposed to show me <laughs> uh God. Yeah, because I guess the whole thing is Audrey's also doing her own investigation. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say we've not we've not really spoken yeah. about Audrey until now, and she she feels like a reasonably important character at least in the first. Season. I she another stealth favorite for me mm-hmm. uh, on this rewatch. She's just again like that chaotic. Mm-hmm. I'm going yeah, to yeah. cause problems on purpose. I'm going to ruin my father's business plan. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think those are her best scenes where she just like ruins the like meeting of the swedes on purpose yeah. by talking about yeah. laura dying yeah because I, I always feel her character i like i like her and i like her sort of stuff but then at the same time i'm like is this just look at this sexy child yeah mm. you know yeah I, that I part's feel... that's not great i will yeah yeah, yeah. it's like a, it's very much like i get what she what they're trying to do is like oh she's like you know she's a bit like laura in many ways um or she would like to be more like laura yeah she wants to be like laura which again is this thing that her dad like preferred laura and used to sing to her and all the gross stuff 
and gave Laura a pony and all this other shit where it's like <laughs> she she, she kind of wants to be Laura because her dad preferred Laura but also she kind of hates her dad because he sucks and she knows that he sucks um but at the same time, I do sometimes feel the show is just going like, oh, yeah. she's horny and a bit sexy and she's... Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, all yeah. the other the stuff sometimes makes me uncomfortable. And I'm... I don't know, it's... I, I'm split because at on one side, I also always, like, when I see her, I also have to think about how her story is incredibly tragic knowing what happens to yeah. her in season three. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, um, but but also at the same time, I sometimes feel like she's a character I'm just like supposed to like, without them mm. really giving me a, a, a reason to like. She she feels like someone they try to make one of the main characters, but uh, and sometimes works and sometimes it's like what you said that she she's just supposed to be like hot, and also a child. Yeah, yeah, I think she goes back and forth. Yeah, um, a lot. Because like a lot of her, a lot of her um, motivation is that she is obsessed with Dale, and she well not obsessed, but she has a crush on Dale, and yeah. she wants him to like take her away from the town because she hates it there, and she wants to have like a romantic FBI life, FBI wife life mm-hmm. for some <laughs> reason, and she thinks that involves solving mysteries, which hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay. Um, which I, I think is I think it is like a valid characterization. I just think it's the framing sometimes makes it weird mm. and the way it's shot. Yeah, and the way yeah. the way she tries to do her investigation is always like it might be themes, I don't know, but it's always like she's not really aware of the weight of everything. Like she's just gonna look through a look through a keyhole and smile. <laughs> but she does yeah. she does well at that bit because she again she's like rich girl so she's like oh I'm just gonna tell him he has to do what I say because my dad's this fan, this like important guy and that's this good I think she just like ends up in trouble because she doesn't realize I don't know she goes too far and gets in over her head but yeah I don't know yeah she definitely yeah she's got good bits and bad bits yeah um, uh, what about Dale? Have we haven't oh, talked oh. about Dale. Dale. Okay, yeah, we haven't talked about either <laughs> Dale or or the cops and or, the, yeah, or the FBI guys. Kind of a, kind of a, uh, you know, these cops are all just like wacky, cool guys. <laughs> May I be the first to say justice for Albert? <laughs> oh, Albert. Albert. Again, Albert, my sweet Albert, trash prince. Albert, <laughs> Albert just gets punched by a co-worker and yeah. everyone's like, stop trying to complain about that. You're, you're such a buzzkill. There's like, like, he showed no. restraint in not punching him earlier. Yeah. Like, no! Okay. Across the entire stretch of this, uh, the series, uh, because he gets much more to do in season two and three, uh, Albert might be my favorite character. Um, yeah, I love Albert. He's, he's such an asshole, and he absolutely deserved to get punched. That's what I will say. But like, no. he also, <laughs> but he learns his lesson yeah. ultimately, and he has his moment I, with Harry, which is one of the best moments in season two. God, it's so good. I do think he has a point in that they should have let him perform more of the autopsy rather than forcing, uh, forcing them to put Laura in the ground quicker because everyone wanted her to be buried because he would have found more stuff. And that could have been important, but everyone's 
so overwrought by the emotions and Dale is as well he's he's got there and he's suddenly involved in it all yeah. they're all like no stop being a buzzkill and doing it for no reason Albert mm-hmm. and Albert's like but I just this is my job <laughs> <laughs> I I just really love that scene where Albert first appears and Dale is just so excited for yeah, his, yeah, like, yeah. old boyfriend to meet his new boyfriend <laughs> yeah yeah I know that's why it goes so wrong <laughs> And and yeah, like both of them, very much. Uh, see, to me, give the energy of of their jealous of uh, of the other. Like, you know, yeah. Uh, Albert is jealous of Harry getting to spend uh, or H- Harry becoming uh, Dale's new fave, and Harry is jealous of Albert because they go way back. But like they, yeah, they're both just like really into Dale. <laughs> I think Albert's just like he's come there. He's like, I hate you. Yeah, <laughs> I hate cops. <laughs> I think you're all annoying, probably homophobic, and he's right. <laughs> what does what does Harry say about Queer Street or something at one point? <laughs> he does a hate crime against Albert. <laughs> I remember. Him. I can't remember exactly when or what he says, but I was taken aback. <laughs> it's a hate crime. Yeah, <laughs> it's not great. Oh uh, god! And then he punches him, which is another hate crime. I, just, <laughs> I don't think Harry should go to jail. Come for on, that. Harry. <laughs> I, I I like Harry. I think he's cool. Yeah, he's fine. He's just construct. He's just yeah. Yeah, he just doesn't like Albert because you know, you know, he's being he's, mean. You know, he's talking shit. Yeah. He is, a, he is being hit. a dick, but he's just... <laughs> that's his right as a gay man. <laughs> Are you saying this as if Harry wasn't gay? Like, I think Harry is gay and homophobic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's got that supernatural duo. Yeah. Gay and homophobic. Um, <laughs> we're still, we're still he... not even really spoken about Dale. We're talking about his relation, his, his, all the other people. Yeah. But it's That's so the, his, his relationship to all the other people are, is just so important, I think, because his yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah he's just he, he shows up and everyone loves him like he's he's just yeah. such a charismatic personality. <laughs> he's a manic pixie dream boy. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> I could watch him do the thing that fucking um, like so Harry, how long have you been in love with jo- Joanne? <laughs> yeah. It's just like I could just hours of just that. Yeah, yeah. The way he just like intuits stuff about people immediately is so fun. Um, and there's that there's that scene in like the the pilot where, um, he like says the thing to Bobby, where uh, David Lynch wanted him to like yell at mm, Bobby, but yeah. Kyle was like just kind of smiled and said it very calmly, and that yeah. like really in- informs his character. Yeah, in interviews he says that's when he sort of began to really understand who Dale Cooper was when he did that line. Because he was like, it's, he's very considered, but also kind of, yeah, he's not like a, a yelly guy for the most part, unless something is like really terrible. Yeah. Um, and I, I love it when he, when he meets, um, names, what's the, what's the gas guy? Gas oh, guy? Ed. Yeah. Big Ed. Oh, Ed. Big Ed. Big Ed. Yeah, when he, he meets Big Ed Hilly and he's like, oh, so you're in love with Norma. You <laughs> immediately read all the relationships and affairs. Like, you also 
He's got a cheat sheet. He also <laughs> knows about uh, yeah about Josie and Harry immediately. Yeah. Which, you know, Josie is like, uh, she's got black hair that's been, like, slicked back. Mm. Yeah, she's quite small. Mm. She kind of looks quite like, like Dale, you know? So. And since, I, I wasn't going to mean be that mean to Josie, uh, but, like, since you told me that she was originally going to be played by Isabella Rossellini, yeah, everything just makes so much more sense to me. And at the same time, I'm like... Mm. Remembering how good her acting was in Blue Velvet, I I just really think about how much better that would have been, like how much how much of a stronger performance that would have been. Yeah, yeah. I mean she's she's so interesting as a concept for the On show paper, because yeah. because like that the shot of her face is the first thing you see in Twin Peaks before anything else is her in the mirror, right? Um, which like is is such a strange thing to choose is the very first shot like it's not Laura on the beach it's Josie in the mirror um uh, I don't know I don't know what I don't know if that was meant yeah, to be significant the, in some way well and the last thing we see in the in the uh season two finale is Dale in the mirror hmm, mm-hmm. yeah exactly mm-hmm. it's that because they both have that same sort of look and they're both in the mirrors at the end it's like yeah interesting yeah I don't know um, it's just like the entire Josie and Hank plot doesn't really work. I guess we can talk about Hank a little bit. He shows up in like episode mm. six, and I'm like, I hate this man. I totally <laughs> forgot yeah, we... about him existing. But yeah, we me too. Yeah, because um, Norma Norma talks about him to Ed, yeah. and they're like, we're both gonna get divorced and be in love, and it's gonna be great. And then neither uh-huh. of them do that for various reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Right, yeah, and so she's like, oh, I've got a husband who's in jail and for accidental homicide, mm. and it's like, oh, what's that about? Yeah, I mean, in the first season, mm. it seems like there's almost almost some, like, interesting plot developments with him, almost. <laughs> like, it's almost. almost setting it up. But then it just it's never... So close. It's not... He seems like... The, the character himself seems, like, underwritten. It doesn't seem like they actually yeah. thought out a complete character for that it's, guy. Yeah, they're like, oh, he's got, a, he's got like a. He's a just a guy. And it's <laughs> yeah, freaky. like what was that? For no reason. You can't just throw three, three. some weird like totem in it. Right up to that point, he was just like simping for his vi- wife when he showed up. Like, yeah, he, he just shows up. Has the worst mullet I have seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so good. That's how I'm trying to cut my hair at the moment. It's like Hank's hair. <laughs> I mean, he has a bit because he phones Josie for isn't he from prison, and he's like, "Oh, threatening." Yeah, Hello. I think I think that's what I mean. Like, there there are bits where he's clearly becoming more involved in like more serious yeah. plot elements, but it never amounts to anything, and it's always really boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like when he shoots Leo. I think that's good. I like that, that's uh, to be cool. fair, that's I like a, that's that quite a nice piece of high drama. Yeah, fair enough. But but everything yeah, else fuck Leo. is like but, yeah. that. <laughs> that scene where he's just like at that uh, trial of his I don't know what that was it's his parole, his parole hearing, hearing yeah. yeah like those that, that hearing and then with Norma in the background and then when he just starts working at the uh, at the diner and uh, he, I don't know he's like oh I heard of the I heard there's this guy here Jimmy no Ed Oh, big ad, and then you know, I guess he's gonna find out about the affair now. But I don't give a shit. 
<laughs> yeah, all the relationship drama, whatever. I think there's some good relationship drama in Twin Peaks, but yeah, the the, the like Norma and um, Norma and Hank relationship drama is like. I guess it, it, I think it was also at that point in the season where I was like, okay, there's enough plot lines already. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We don't need this introduced like this late in the season as a new exactly, development yeah, yeah. in a relationship. I didn't care that much in the first place. Anyway, like I think Norma and Ed, as much as I, as much as I love a big Ed, and I love Nadine, but the, the <sighs> Norma and Ed stuff, I didn't care about. Anyway, and now I we're like, gonna bring I like the, the Nova and Ed stuff. I like the Nova and Ed stuff. I think it's good as this like sort of tragic older romance thing that's going on in the background, and I, I think it's good that it's sort of I don't know this sad thing. And then that's great because then in season three, they, when they get together, you're like, hell yeah, <laughs> this is great. Yeah. Finally, and I think there is this inherent tragedy of his relationship with Nadine because it's not like this is my yeah. bitch wife who I hate and I'm <laughs> yeah. having an affair. It's like, this is my very sad marriage to this woman who is very mentally ill. Yeah. No, I, think... I, I don't feel as well enough for me to divorce or to leave because I think she would... I mean, she tries to kill yeah. herself at the end of this because her drape runner thing doesn't mm. go through and no one will buy it. And, and she sort of falls into despair and mm. she's this like constant sort of strange child. Which I think she's really interesting. That, that's what I'm saying, that the Ed and Nadine part, I think, works really well. Mm. And then the Ed and Norma stuff is also like, you know, that's, hey, that was like kind of sweet, even though it was like not the thing I cared about most. But then like bring in Hank and it's like this guy who is just like, who just like vaguely sucks in his interaction with, with Norma. But then you also have to make it explicit that he's actually evil and that he killed Joseph's husband many years ago. Uh, in her I guess she paid him to kill him or whatever and then he got in jail yeah. and now he's coming back but the hit man I don't care about Josie either <laughs> like <laughs> I, I I think that's that's maybe what ultimately like kind of dooms Twin Peaks is just too many dudes who are shitty to their wives yeah yeah, like, I mean, you know, one is, a, you know, all right, fair is fair. Two, all right, but like, just there's like five in the whole yeah. series, and it gets exhausting. Yeah, I, I do think it's themes. Like, I'm sure, yeah, I, it's I do, themes. I think, like, you know, like abuse is one of the themes. No, of course, peaks. It's it, but yeah, I, it does become exhausting to watch. Yeah, it'll um, be fatiguing if you're seeing all it. The time. Yeah. 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 Like when it, when Leo's got the fucking bar of yeah, soap, that seems like yeah, that was it's very, that was Le- Leo. Leo is like I don't know because Leo is just like look how horrible this guy yeah. is, <laughs> and yeah. he is horrible. But half the time he just seems to do it like he's just like evil, mm-hmm. and you yeah. never like you're never sure why they got together in the first place because yeah. he doesn't seem capable of being like a normal person. Yeah, she, she does say like oh when we got together oh he was different guy like really i can't i don't believe yeah i just don't see how, how he different? can be because he's like completely unrelentingly awful now i can see no yeah. redeeming qualities to him whatsoever he also looks like mm. twice her age yeah, yeah. he yeah. looks like shit like this isn't a hot guy <laughs> <laughs> he looks bad yeah. he's got that yeah. Maybe if he was, maybe if he was like fucking um, Skeet Ulrich or something, yeah. 
I'd be like, okay, I can see how this went this way. But he just looks like shit. <laughs> yeah. It's like slimy ponytail. I think that's yeah. also kind of the reason why a ton of the bad relationships don't really work that well is that the guys also just look like shit. Like, it's not like a hot guy who <laughs> at the same time is also It's like, bad. why are you staying here at all? Yeah. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the men are so ugly. I mean, apart from, apart from Bobby, uh-huh. but... <laughs> just in general yeah. <laughs> they're not attractive but that's why when they go and see the shutting guy in season 2 I'm like ah oh, finally an attractive man <laughs> he's like he's weird but I can see the appeal yeah, in this town the guy from Titanic shows up and oh yeah he's fucking airplane he's just generally hot uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I don't know. His character is so funny. He reminds like me him. of Ace Rimmer in Red Dwarf. I, to, to me, um, I, I always associate. We'll talk about season two, but I always associate Billy Zane with the part of season two that isn't technically good, but at least fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. Leo yeah. Leo is definitely like one of those David Lynch characters, kind of similar to. Um, uh, was it, uh, Frank in Blue Velvet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of just like just a sh- real shitty dude. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Just some like avatar and, of evil. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he's not. He doesn't have that much of a like. He's. I guess he's not a Dennis Hopper. <laughs> in that. The- That's true. He's not like, like ooh, this guy's weird, like, kind of weird, but like. Uh, intriguing to watch because yeah. you want to know why this dude's so fucked up. It's just <laughs> more like this dude sucks, and I want him to be dead. Yeah, or comatose. Yeah, at least Frank was like psychosexually insane. Yeah. This guy is just like, oh, I hate my wife <laughs> yeah, when I drive yeah. a truck. And there's like enough like other evil people in Twin Peaks who are like at least you know Bob is uh, evil in an over the top way or in a in an actually like I, fascinating or scary way yeah i i appreciate leo in after he gets shot his uh-huh. entire season two plot line i think is <laughs> really good. Yeah, like, I like that. really I something I <laughs> and i think that's kind of cool um and i think he works is that they need some sort of interface for like the drug trade mm. and mm. um the way that bobby and laura and Shelly are all like intertwined in this weird thing where Laura was sleeping with Leo and Shelly was sleeping with Bobby. Um, yeah, yeah. But he, yeah, just as a character, he's just like he could do with something else as well. Mm. It's, it's just, just like I don't know, like another thing. I always just get this vague sense whenever we like, and I had this when I watched Twin Peaks the first time, like many years ago, like 2014, when I watched Twin Peaks the first time. Every time we got to a Leo scene, I was I was just. Making the oh this again, yeah, <laughs> this motherfucker again. I guess it's gonna be like one of those miserable scenes where I feel bad for Shelley and I have to endure looking at mm. this guy. What's yeah. very funny is uh, my parents can tell the difference between Leland and Ben Horn. For, oh like, yeah, same. The first six episodes. <laughs> I mean, I can now, but when I first watched it, it took me a few. It took me a while uh, to. Uh, keep those two apart which is both suit guys yeah exactly and they have like kind of a similar haircut uh similar face uh i i I will say about leland uh ray wise maybe the best performance out of all Mm. of them he's just incredible up there yeah when he's crying on the dance floor yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's iconic 
He's got a very good yeah, face, Ray Wise. He's got a very expressive face. Yeah. Yeah, big time. He's like, he's just always at the verge of uh, having a breakdown. And, yeah. Mm. He was in he was in a show that I watched ages ago. Maybe not ages it ago. Reaper. Yeah, Reaper, where he played literally, <laughs> he literally played the devil. And I was like, yeah, this is the, the perfect devil. guy for really that. It's the perfect, yeah. He, he was the best bit of that yeah. show. It was, you know, it wasn't maybe a great show, but, yeah. It was a bad was show. Was he the lawyer in, uh, in God's Not Dead 2? What? <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Oh, he was. You're right. Oh I remember the video about it. That's so <laughs> He's the He's evil e- lawyer trying evil to prove that Christianity is fake <gasps> That's in a court of law. I guess I'd have to yeah. watch God's Not Dead too. You, you should. <laughs> um, yeah, he's in my one of my favorite scenes, which is the funeral. Yeah. Which again, I think is great for so many reasons. Like it's got. Because all the characters are there. Whenever mm. all the characters mm-hmm. are gathered up, that's just great. Because all, all the relationships can play out just, like, almost automatically in some ways. Um, and, like, the priest is just like, oh, I love Laura. We all love Laura. She had issues, but she was the best person ever, and we're all obsessed with her. And um, <laughs> and I love Bobby in that scene, because he mm. just is... He's yeah. so mad, and it's so good, I think. I love to see when he beats up James. Yeah, he gets so <laughs> mad. He's like, you're all you all knew that she was going through something and you all knew that she was like in trouble but you all were like oh i don't know yeah it's fine yeah. probably and you all just let her die which is again themes, yeah that's who of, killed laura we all did we all did so, we all yeah. killed laura <laughs> it really says moment. we live in a society <laughs> <laughs> and then james is there and he beats up james and then <laughs> fucking james. leland just like jumps on the coffin <laughs> as it goes into yeah. the yeah. ground yeah. <laughs> That sucks to see. And there's a scene later on where I don't know which other character just makes fun of Leland doing that. Oh, it's so good. It's Shelly. Yeah. She's in the R&R and oh, she's, yeah. um, she's talking to the patrons and she's like, she's like doing the hand gesture of the coffin going down and then Leland jumping onto the coffin. Yeah, I, <laughs> I love so to good. just yeah. fucking they, they have a laugh of a grieving father whose yeah. daughter was murdered. But it's well, that's kind, kind of funny. <laughs> well, and it's kind of. <laughs> it's like you know. That's a little bit of like the the meta textual element because like that's kind of yeah. us where the where those two old men in the yeah, diner yeah, yeah, laughing yeah, at yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, and it's the whole invitation to love stuff, which yeah, sad, sadly goes in season two. I have no idea great. why they got rid of that. <laughs> it's so good. I guess it got in the way of like yeah, the series. I guess they sort things. of made the point it's yeah. trying to make within the first couple of times. Yeah. I think didn't Dead David Lynch... and Emerald. <laughs> yeah, that's the the characters played by the same actress and then Madeline is mm-hmm. introduced and that whole thing. Yeah. And Leo gets shot and he sees the guy on TV get shot. Mm-hmm. It's a it's an interesting framing device. I I remember hearing that David Lynch wanted it to be less of a parody. Yeah. Um, mm. but well, tough. <laughs> that's what it is <laughs> called invitation to love yeah it's got a little envelope i think it'd be really funny to be one of the actors who plays the characters on invitation yeah. to love <laughs> be like i was in twin peaks but like kind of <laughs> i was just gonna say about the funeral scene that's also like peak uh james piece of shit moments because he just 
like the, the entire framing of how James shows up, like the funeral has been going for a while, and then there's mm. like this soaring shot of the camera where like James slowly walks in, and everyone else is like in their suits, you know, in their black suits, and James just goes in with his cool biker jacket, and he just comes with his motorcycle. I bet. He's just being such a cool guy who can't show up in time for the funeral. Just rocks up and pouts at everybody from the distance. Yeah. Mm. God, hate him. Yeah. I mean, because he is before, he's like, I don't think I can go to the funeral. I can't, I can't bear to see everyone like that. And then he's just like, well, maybe I'll go anyway. God, the more, the more we talk about James <laughs> now, go. the more we talk about him now, the less I like him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's the, I it's thought he the was sort fine. of thinking back on him. <laughs> yeah, it does. It, it do be like that with James. Like He was always cool. I remember when I first watched Twin Peaks, he didn't stand out to me as someone I hate. Yeah. I was like, Bobby sucks. And now I'm like, no, Bobby. Yeah, no, I didn't Actually, like Bobby, Bobby rules. the first time. I I didn't particularly like James either, but I was... I would probably think I like him more than I like Bobby because Bobby is a bad boy and... James mm-hmm. is like uh, uh, involved in the plot of you know trying to solve Laura's murder whereas uh, James is involved in that plot whereas Bobby is just fucking around with Shelly but now I appreciate yeah. the uh, the corny acting of uh, of Bobby much more than I appreciate the like overly serious James stuff and of course then I also saw season 2 and the that retroactively made James worse. I think J- James is at his best when he's actually investigating the murder. Um, he's okay, yeah. He's okay in those scenes, because it's not about him. When it when it becomes yeah. about him as the central character of the scenes he's in, that's where he becomes really bad. Um, hmm, what else? Did we talk about Maddie? I love Maddie. Maddie's great. Maddie's yeah. good fun. She, like, comes that's in awesome. also, like, pretty late, like, episode six or seven... And mm. she brings such a fresh vibe to it. Mm. You just, you just, I feel like yeah. you spend less time with her than you do with Hank, and you, you definitely remember Maddie way, 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 way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like Cheryl Lee, um, her whole thing was that she was like a local girl, and David Lynch just cast her as the body because she was like, you know, pretty and she mm. was convenient. And then he just liked her so much that he kept putting her in, putting her in scenes. Yeah. To the point he was like, what if I just, like, make a character who's identical to Laura? <laughs> but she also, like, she, she does a great job because uh, we later see uh, actual see her, like, actually being the main character in Firewalk with me, played yeah. by Cheryl Lee, uh, and it's, like, she does play entirely different characters as Laura and as Maddie. Like, she does, she has the range. Yeah. She does. Um, and, like, Maddie's whole thing is that she sort of appeared and just for the funeral and then suddenly everyone thinks that she's a bit like Laura so she sort of kind of wants to mm-hmm. be like Laura um, which is like Laura is like a weird possessing force you know that, 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 comes yeah, pretty, that happens more, more seriously in sort of the beginning of season 2 doesn't it not, not, yes, not to get ahead yeah. of ourselves with, with the sunglasses yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff with, with Donna as well yeah kind um, of a, a I don't know like a mass tulpa to yeah. jump ahead even more like everyone's grief kind of creating her that's my theory yeah. yeah they sort of there's like a hole where she was and people are sort of manifesting different things into mm. that gap 
and yeah. different people in different ways. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. Do we um, want to say anything about like the Black Lodge stuff or Red Room stuff? I guess. I mean, there's not much at this point. Yeah, there's just one the, scene the in one. episode three, but it's very memorable. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So, well, it's uh, we see Dale, and he's in a in a room, and there's a lady who looks exactly like Laura Palmer, and there's like a small man, and you know, everyone's speaking funny. <laughs> Just like going to Europe. Yeah, it's just like all my <laughs> dreams are. <laughs> uh, uh, you feel old. Um, yeah, it's cool. I, I'm. Yeah. It's curtains. He loves it. <laughs> I I love the cliffhanger at the end of that episode where he just he like calls Harry and says, "I know who killed Laura Palmer," and then you think, yeah. "What? See, the show is already lie. over." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then he meets up and he's like, I, I did know, but I don't know now. <laughs> also, I'm, he says, like, and you two were both in it, but, like, they're they're not in the dream at all. Yeah, well, because the rest of his dream, he recalls, is, again, the, the scenes from the international pilot uh, mm. where they talk to Bob and, the, Bob and Mike in the, in the hospital, where they both are. Because so he, he describes stuff in the next episode, which we didn't see. Um... And that's, again, that, that is the international pilot stuff. So he's like, oh, you were there, and we went into this room, and we saw this guy, and he was called Bob, and this guy was called Mike, and he said Bob was his familiar, and all that sort of shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They lived above a convenience store. <laughs> it is very that good, so that stuff. I do like that stuff. Yeah, massive, massive, I do too. Because I think the first time you showed it to me, I was, or I was invested before any of the sort of really, I don't know, supernatural stuff kicked off. But then when it does hit, and you're, you're sort of, awakened to the the idea that this stuff can happen that like you know this show has the potential to get really weird and then i was like yeah no i'm kind of get weird i'm, I'm in i'm i'm full in for this <laughs> and i think it's kind yeah. of like one of those things that you you benefit from on on a rewatch is that you kind of know exactly how much all of this stuff is going to matter so cuz i think mm. on my first watch i was I, I saw the red room scene and it was so cool and i wanted more of it and then it took like yeah there was not, nothing else in season one and then in season two with the giant and stuff there came a bit more but like still like most of twin peaks is pretty normal soap opera stuff uh, mm. so but, but, but on, a, on a rewatch i already know so i i can like treasure my little mm. red room moments and also still have fun with andy and lucy <laughs> Yeah, so, like the surreal, the surreal visuals is like David Lynch stuff, but then a lot of like the the lore, the deep lore, that's like Mark yeah. Frost stuff because he loves that shit. So it, it's like you know, I don't think that you should necessarily. I don't think you should read a lot of it like literally and as like you know, like overanalyze everything in a sort of lore sense. But you can if you <laughs> want to. <laughs> Which I think is kind of fun, as long as it doesn't make people... Because there are, like, Twin Peaks bros who are like, oh, what if Laura was, like, a blast spirit, and then this yeah. went this, and they sort of miss the entire point, which is, like, this abuse plotline. And they're normally people who hate Firewalk with me, too. And I always think, um, I always think that Mark Frost is also yeah. one of those guys. Oh, he kind of is, but I think he does appreciate the other yeah. stuff. Um, he, just, he just has this big interest in, like, mysticism and, you know, like that sort of what would you call it like um urban mythology 
yeah. or like American mm. mythology. So if you read, because I've read all the books, <laughs> uh, and if you read like the secret history and the final dossier and stuff, there's a lot about like aliens um, and spirits and various different things happening, and and that stuff is fun as long as it's it's not. I don't think the point really. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the ties to yeah mysticism or ufology yeah. or whatever they're like it's there yeah. but like it i don't think that that's not like the twist that like oh they're aliens or yeah oh, it's, it's ghosts or whatever yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> it's like don't don't think about it like that mm-hmm. you know yeah it's yeah it's a mystery it's about evil it's all just fun stuff yeah i always kind of wonder um, because uh, Mike Frost also wrote, co-wrote uh, season three, and I was kind of wondering like yeah. what what his vision of it was because that's like so <laughs> so strongly David Lynch. Uh, whereas like in, in this one, the Mike Frost stuff is like pretty clear. Like I, I feel like the you know the Windermere stuff is like super Mike Frost. Oh, as you said, like the mysticism stuff. But in in in, in season three, I have like I, I genuinely have no idea how much he how much he contributed to stuff like the entire episode eight. I mean, probably, I mean, it's impossible yeah. to know. Um, no, I imagine they did work together on it and stuff. But like, yeah, I think maybe some of like the Jude stuff and like the some of the weird time shit and stuff. He probably was influential on. Yeah, that makes sense. I'd imagine. I don't know. We can talk more about it when we get to season three. But yeah, he's a because I think people forget about him when they talk about Twin Peaks, and you, you know we, we shouldn't because he he is he is a co-creator. <laughs> he's doing a lot of yeah. the writing as well. Um, yeah, he wrote. He he contributed more to this season than David Lynch did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. He wrote all the he wrote all the James scenes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet Mike Frost he did, loves he did, James. But Mike Frost is, is James. He's self It is pretty funny to have all the like uh, David Lynch pure or, or Twin Peaks purists who are like gonna excuse all the bad scenes with. Well, that that was Mark Frost. I'm only here for the David Lynch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. How did we well, like the <laughs> great cliffhanger at the end of the final episode? Which one? <laughs> Where Coop gets shot. Oh yeah, well, there's so much stuff happens in that final episode. They're like, yeah. okay, let's let's just set up a bunch of shit. So there's the fire, and there's Shelley in the fire, and Catherine, and then there's Coop getting shot. I, I genuinely then, think I like think that's also that's and also, and then um, fucking the psychiatrist has a yeah. heart attack, and Nadine goes <laughs> to kill herself, and also um. There's the bit where someone kills uh, Jacques Renault in the in the hospital. It's, oh yeah, we see it's Leland. Oh, yeah, that was that was Leland. Oh yeah, no, oh, it's it definitely Leland. is Leland. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Leland kills it's, Jacques Renault well, in the hospital. It's very hard to tell, but by by, I'm going to speculate based on the fact that after someone kills uh, Jacques, the camera pans up <laughs> to his face and we see it's Leland. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The real guy left, and then Leland just went to see what was happening. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's hard to keep track because it because so much happens, and so it's hard yeah. to keep track of like who did what. Yeah, yeah who murdered who? Like, I don't know. Yeah, 
Could but be yeah, anywhere. so yeah, that's an exciting thing where Coop gets shot. Um, I sure can't wait for them to like resolve what happens to him really quickly in the next episode. <laughs> it's just such a shitty cliffhanger to me. And th- as you said, there's so many other stuff that happens in the episode. Like Pete walking into the fire would have been a perfectly good ending for the episode. But Coop's the main character, so but something yeah, something bad him. needs to happen yeah. to the main character, of course. <laughs> The fucking, the cut to black and the stock uh, fucking body falling sound effect. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but it's good because it leads to that really good season two beginning where the old guy comes in. We've got to talk about that in the next one. That's too good to, that's too good to spill on now. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't have had that without him being shot, so I appreciate it. (laughs) Um... I, I, I'm excited to see if I like season two more than I liked season one because all my favorite episodes of the original run, I think, are in season two, but also all my mm-hmm. least favorite. Yeah, season one, it's got a lot of the iconic yeah. um, moments, but like the really good stuff, like the um, like the the kid with the creamed corn. Mm-hmm. When Donna goes mm-hmm. to the Meals on Wheels. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I love that so much. <laughs> the kid who suspiciously looks just like David Lynch. He looks exactly oh like yeah. David Lynch. Oh, I forgot. I and he's like, he's a, ma- he's a magician. He's like, there is no green corn on that plate. And then it's in his hand. Fucked up. Oh my God. David Lynch himself is going to appear in season two. So Yeah. That's right. We heard him yeah. a little bit. We heard him. Gordon. Oh, so great. Hmm. I mean, that's like most of of Twin Peaks that we've discussed. Yeah. I think. At least so. season one, there's, you know. Yeah. Let me have a brief yeah. think. Um, do we care about the mill and who who gets the mill? No, no. <laughs> no not really. I. It's very like convoluted. I I I like the bit where Catherine gets double crossed. Um, yeah. And they're all sort of double crossing each other. I enjoy that, but yeah, it's not like that compelling. One eyed Jacks. We talked mm-hmm. about that. Jacobi's weird tapes. Yeah. Ledges, we didn't talk Audrey. about the great scene in episode three with uh oh with yeah Coop's investigate investigative method based on like oh yeah meditation Thro- throwing rocks at a bottle yeah. that's just uh, him and it that's he's iconic just, he's quirky and it works you know but i love how like all the all the cops are just like okay well might as well cooperate on this <laughs> He's from the FBI. Yeah. He, he wouldn't like, would tell do? him to do something weird, you know? <laughs> this must be, like, just what you do when you're in the yeah. FBI. You I forgot, I'd forgotten that one of the rocks just squarely lands, it hits Andy in the head. Like, yeah. full full, <laughs> full slapstick getting hit with a rock. <laughs> and then well, he, like, the wobbles away around gets, The more wrong you are, you know? Uh, so he said Shelly Johnson, and then it hit Andy, because, like, she's got, like, nothing mm, to do with anything. Shelly Innocent. Yeah. Whereas when he says Leo, it smashes. Yeah. <gasps> yeah, <gasps> it like slightly uh, boinks it when it's when he says Doctor Jacoby. Yeah, because he's because he's dodgy and he is hiding. Yeah. something he is involved. Yeah, yeah. So it's you know it works. I was gonna say about he's, Jacoby. He's I remember it. now because we brushed past it when we discussed his character. But it's also like very funny to me how his how they went so overboard with dressing him like a quirky guy. Like with yeah. The, the Hawaiian yeah, shirt, three D glasses, and then the three D glasses. What? What so the three D glasses do? <laughs> he sees the world in three dimensions. 
everything's purple. <laughs> it's like you could re- reach out and touch it. It's yeah. <laughs> it's like when Travis McElroy started wearing like purple shaded glasses for whatever fucking reason. Like <laughs> it's quirky. Same way. Pe- it's the same reason people wore goggles in like 2010. Mm-hmm. Doctor Jacoby does have big Travis McElroy I do think energy. So. Dr. Jacoby does soy face. I, I did realize at one point that Travis's entire like dressing style is probably based on Twin Peaks because it's his half Dr. Jacoby, half like the shirts that Big Ed wears. Mm, isn't that just like American dude? No, no one else dresses like that and other stuff. I don't know what he was. Um, it's like modern cowboy, I guess. Okay. Oh yeah, he's got the bolo tie. Soft boy. Soft cowboy. Um, Yeah, I love the clothes in this. The sort of aesthetic, I guess we we didn't really talk Mm. about it, but the aesthetic is very much like sort of 80s crossed with like 60s or 50s, or more 50s, I think, Mm. with a sort of 50s vibe. So the hair will be very 80s, but they'll be wearing like 50s skirts and jumpies and stuff. Yeah. It's a very good essay. We didn't talk about the log lady. Love the log, da- log lady. <laughs> Love the log, log lady. lady. Yeah. Do you um? Did you watch it with the log lady intros or no. not? Ah, uh, no. I, oh, I did. I meant to, but then I forgot. I have seen them. Switching it's tabs. A, I have seen them, Netflix. but I did not watch them this time. Yeah, because my DVD comes yeah. with the option to like turn them on or turn. I think them we watched off, it. So ooh, I, watched with, I think we watched that together. The yeah, intros. yeah. The log lady intros. She just says some like vague stuff. About that has sort of vague relevance to the episode. Yeah, it's great. It's perfect. <laughs> it's just it's more... Like, ah, you know. Love. Love is something that can be constructive or destructive. <laughs> it's like, damn, you're right. Someone who puts the clues together. Would you not call this person a magician or a, a detective? <laughs> Whatever she said. Yeah, no, it's so good. Is that how they sent it on TV? Uh, I think it was yeah. like they, they were, it was a rebroadcast of oh, the okay. full series. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a second broadcast. Yeah, that makes sense. But really good. I love I think her. She's like, one of my favorites. I think in like season two, she starts a few episodes like, this is terrible or something like <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> She's like <laughs> digging at the show a little bit. <laughs> and I do like, because I think later on there's going to be parts where it becomes, let's let's phrase it this way. I, I really liked in, in this season how they have that one scene where... Uh, where she's like, my log wants to say something to you, and then they they like actually like Coop and Harry and I think Hawk is there. They yeah. all just sit there and listen to what the log has to say. Yeah, because they have yeah. to do at this point because they know that she knows or someone has seen something. Yeah, and I love that. Like, initially, they they dismiss yeah. her um, when she's yeah. at the cafe, and she's like, "Well, I love you'll that shit." At some point, where the yeah. Ooh, like ooh, eccentric, crazy lady talks to a log, but it's like, well, she's actually kind of in tune and connected with the the supernatural goings on. Yeah. That's a it's a cool yeah. trope, and I like it. I mean, it's and the cheek of Dale being like, "Wow, weird." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you can't be like, <laughs> okay, Fuck off, Dale. Dale. fucking oddball. <laughs> yeah, you can't say that when you were just Get a like, of this guy. <laughs> throwing rocks at glasses. Yeah, you're like, let me tell you let about Let me tell Tibet. you about the plight of Tibet. Oh, oh, but a log is too wild. <laughs> <laughs> and they like, the like, Harry knows, like, there's a scene earlier where, like, 
they talk about the boys club or whatever it's called. Yeah. Uh, dude's rock club. Dude's rock club. Dude's rock society. He he like says that there's Twin Peaks is you know, it's a very nice place but it also has a dark underbelly and supernatural goings on. Like they know that there's some supernatural stuff going on. So it just really mm. makes sense that they should also trust the log. Yeah, he's like, there's something yeah. evil in these here woods. And then they never mention mm-hmm. it again. And I'm like, didn't you talk about there being something evil in the woods? <laughs> but I, I, I really think the like the, the ac- actress who plays the log lady is just like the only person on earth who could pull that off. Like her, the, the way everything she says is so authoritative, even though it's like yeah. cookie or whatever. It's, it's just perfect. Like if, if this was someone else who who played it in a more like oh zany crazy lady from the woods way that would have been like right. much less effective like serious but not like over the top yeah yeah because you could yeah because you could do like my log has something to say to you. very like uh-huh. eccentric but she's just yeah. very like serious and and uh yeah takes her log very yeah. seriously well because she's not crazy is she? she's just like the log is telling her stuff yeah Right. Yeah. So she's just like, yeah, my log's still something. So you can listen to me, or you cannot listen to me, and that's up to you. I will be waiting in with my tea for you to come by. She has more to do in the second season, doesn't she? She's not really. Uh, Ah, they visit her once in season one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, she doesn't. I am where I am in season two. She hasn't done much more. Yeah. As far as I remember, in season two, they start to like ignore her again. Like they start to. They, like, regress back into uh, being, no, I'm not going to listen to the log, which which is dumb. <laughs> I mean, she just hasn't really been yeah. around at I this might point, also maybe be once he leaves. Um, they, they sort of focus more on the um, Major Briggs hearing stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, yeah. like, more supernaturally stuff, but from, like, a different source. God, I love Major Briggs's, like, connection to the... White Lodge and Black Lodge stuff. We'll talk about it next time, but mm. it's so cool. Yeah, yeah, he's got some of my favorite lines. I love. Yeah, I would say I love his. It is in this season, right, where he does the speech yes. to Bobby, where he is. No, like, it's not season one. I had a vision. He does. I'm pretty sure it's season two. He does one speech to Bobby, but maybe it's a different one. It's um, it's this, the one where he's like, "I saw you, and you were happy." Yeah, yeah. I think that, I think um, I did not see that when I watched these now. So either I was okay. not paying attention, or it's in season. No, two. I think that's a season two. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we'll we'll get to that. You are right, though. It is a very good season. bit. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really good. I think yeah, he he's a great character because I feel like Twin Peaks overall, the the best characters are the ones that display the most compassion, and I feel like that's mm-hmm. very deliberate. Yeah. He just whacked right. Bobby in this. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, Bobby is also kind of a fair son, so. <laughs> he is smoking at the table, yeah. so. Oh my god. Who <laughs> can say what that is? Smoking at the table, and he didn't even offer his dad one. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't say, hey dad, you want a, you want a cigarette? I think he was very disrespectful mm. for his mom, mom's cooking also in that scene, so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a slightly different character, I think, in the very beginning, but... Um, it's fine. Yeah, he gets really good. He okay. grows. Yeah, yeah, we love he, character really development good. here. I love it. Uh, anything else? There's a bird. 
Oh yeah, birds, bird are, get, birds bird are relevant. Birds are always relevant in this series. Yeah, Waldo the bird. It's yeah, it's sort of relevant, but I mean, it it provides yet another sort of horrifying moment. Which yeah. are those they're always very powerful when they come yeah. out of this like this quaint little what appears to be a soap TV show. You get these really profoundly sort of unsettling moments when he's sort of recounting what he's heard. It's very yeah. Yeah, and it like the blood over the donuts. Yeah, yeah. Tragedy. So oh. many donuts. So cinematic. <laughs> Is it ethical to impersonate uh, your dad cousin and trick someone into <laughs> thinking he's alive, <laughs> causing then, a heart and attack? Then give yes. him a heart attack. I mean, he does that. Doesn't give him the heart attack. He yeah, gets I mean, yeah. And I, I, I think it is ethical because I hate him. <laughs> it's ethical because yeah, to get his yeah. And I guess that's like the point of the teen yeah. investigation is that they can do things that are dodgy. That the police aren't really meant to be doing. Um, although they do sort of bend the law in that way that fun oh, cops yeah. do. Because they're the bookhouse cops. Well, then the bookhouse boys are not affiliated then. Oh, uh, okay. But yeah, so, it gives it gives it gives investigation into things we wouldn't see otherwise. Because like, there's no way that they'd be able to. They they probably wouldn't do this like the police when they wouldn't yeah. break into his house and. It's it's good that they got that they got the tape, but also it's just wild for me to think about how you go to the like you go in from the city to this like small town where your cousin was murdered. The first thing you need to mm-hmm. do is to like dress up and pretend that you're your murdered cousin. <laughs> she looks just like her, so just you know, just steal a swiperoo. It's like she never left. Like a <laughs> hundred other. I know this is important for character and theme, but like, you know, there's like a hundred other easy ways to get him yeah. out of the house. Doesn't he like? <laughs> doesn't he like go to work or something else or talk to the police and you can break into his house? Then? It's because this plan is being run by Donna and James, who are just, <laughs> just the, yeah, the two most dramatic characters <laughs> yeah. in the show. It's so. also just like because the. It's already a stretch that your cousin would look like your identical twin. Yeah, yeah. genetically they're quite far but, apart. Yeah, exactly. But you could excuse it with, well, she's played by the same actor, but they're in fiction, they're just supposed to look similar. But no, this just acknowledges that they actually do look exactly the same. Like, it's yeah, well, it's the- funny. Yeah. Themes. It's themes. It's, it's themes. soap opera. Yeah. It's doppelgangers. <laughs> yeah. Helpers, people, people being like other people. Uh, yeah, good stuff. Great stuff. Good show. Yeah, I think. Oh, overall, I think we got everything. Watch. Overall, pretty solid it. season. Love to watch. I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. Ups and downs, but very enjoyable and very yeah, watchable. I think the you know the ups are gonna get upper and the downs are gonna get so much more downer. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all part of the fun. Yeah. Yeah, some real. What's what's our least favorite part of season two coming? Little Nicky. Oh uh, no, yeah. that's the best bit actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, excuse who's, me. Wait, who's little Nicky? Hold on. Do I? <gasps> Who the fuck? Wait. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> I always think about little Nicky. <laughs> oh my I'm god! I'm never not thinking about that little Nicky. <laughs> Because that that bit oh. brings in um what's his name? Uh, Dick Tremaine. <laughs> Dick 
Tremaine. Dick Tremaine. I always want to call him like Richard Pendlesmythe, but I think that's <laughs> the rich guy that Ernest plays in uh, Ernest Saves Christmas. It's <laughs> 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 just like a, it's the same character, just a rich asshole. God. Oh my. <laughs> that whole subplot is stupid and goes on way too I can't long. Wait to hear like... <laughs> Dick Tremaine's great British accent again. <laughs> is, is, is it British? I thought it was supposed to be like posh. I have no idea what it's supposed like, to be. Oh, it's, it's like, like, it's it's like, like that early New American England. newsreader sort of. Like yeah, he's like, oh, I, I just, I'm giving you money for an abortion. Mm, is that what you call it? Is it transatlantic? <laughs> like, is that what you call it? How dare you? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, transatlantic. Um, and he's like, she's like, oh, he has a sports coat. He will, He owns a sports jacket. Um, and that's got the great bit where Andy's like, I'm a whole town. <laughs> We're spoiling so many of the best bits of this second season. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. look right. at that. We'll, we'll just say them yeah. again. There's there's worse moments. The entire the entire Dale gets banned from the FBI plot is oh just like that's so tedious. Yeah, that's that uh, thing. Uh, I didn't even want to mention the James subplot because that's like probably the objectively the one that is the, that is actually the worst. Yeah. In a way that. Yeah, but it's not that long, really, is it? Mm. It's like a. Episode. I don't know, but I like uh, fast forwarded through all of them when I, when I first watched Twin Peaks because yeah. that was the point where I was like, I cannot with this anymore, and I I was told by everyone that it's not gonna matter, so I can just skip those scenes. No. Oh, I would never do that. I, I will. I will watch all of them now on this watch. Maybe you like <laughs> maybe it. Maybe I like maybe it. Maybe you've just never seen it, and you think it's bad because you've never seen it. Maybe this time. Maybe. Like oh. Kind of, kind of nice with it. Um, she's a bit like she's a bit like Isabella Rossellini in Blue Velvet. It's a bit of like a I don't know, bit of a thing. Well, we'll get that. Um, yeah. Anyway, I think that's our summation of Twin Peaks season yeah. one. I hope you enjoyed listening to our to us converse mm-hmm. in a very structured manner. <laughs> yeah, this was look. This, um, this podcast keeps being the one where we're the most on point all the time. It's definitely the one where we're least yeah. distracted. Maybe that's because we like it more. <laughs> Maybe because yeah, there's just so much to to yeah. this media. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Christ. Um, yeah. So I think next month we will be watching Wilder yeah. Hat. Ah, cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because that happens like while this is airing. Mm, yeah. So we'll be watching Wilder Hat, which I hear is great. Uh, and it's got fan favorite Nick Cage in it, right? It has Nick Cage, yeah. it has Laura Dern, and it has Willem Dafoe. So all, all the, the greats. I don't even Can't know what lose. it's about, so I'm excited. Yeah, when I think about it, it makes me think a of a horse movie. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound like a horse movie. It just sounds like a horse movie. <laughs> that feel when you're wild at heart. There's um. I feel like there used yeah. to be a British TV series called Wild at Heart. I don't know. <laughs> I just remember the one scene that our teacher showed us once, uh, our cultural studies teacher, where Nicolas Cage uh, sings a um, Nervous Presley song. Mm. Yeah, he just looks really skeevy on this <laughs> I am so excited so to see Nick, uh, Nick Cage being directed by David Lynch. I, there's no way that's not great. It sounds, yeah, it sounds bizarre. Um, so I'm very excited yeah. for that. Um, I also I know yeah, yeah nothing about this movie so I'm very excited to it's written by the same blind. guy who wrote uh, Lost Highway later so also know nothing about oh, that, yeah, that see that's why I was confused there is a British TV series called Wild okay. Art that ran for seven seasons and it's about a um, a vet 
a vet. <laughs> about a vet who goes to South Africa and then like looks after animals, and that's what I keep thinking of when I think of Wild mm-hmm. at Heart internally. Um, anyway, yeah, so we'll be watching that, which is fun. Until next time, I guess we will say goodbye. Yeah, until Yab d- Yab <laughs> <laughs> The elves are not what they seem. Uh, the elves. <laughs> That podcast you like is gonna come back in style next month. Uh, oh, <laughs> I like that. This podcast is always in yeah. style. Um, Just like James is always po- cool. Po- let Dale Cooper say poggers. <laughs> let Dale um, say poggers. <laughs> season four and season four. Diane, is gonna say the pie that. they got here is absolutely poggers. <laughs> <laughs> See, that would be really good. <laughs> I'm uh, reading the Wikipedia and it says that. David Lynch says he has ideas for season four, so... But everyone's dead. Showtime okay. gives David Lynch has ideas for every He's just going to recast everyone with a lamp and a tree. It's fine. <laughs> and he's right to do so. Oh, James and Evelyn's subplot. So where they <laughs> yeah. are janitors and they just sweep for 45 minutes every sweep for time. Sweep for season. Because you, know, you know, like, Mulholland Drive was supposed to be a spin-off series about Audrey. Yeah, uh-huh. and and like he wanted to do a spinoff with like what like Evelyn and um, James. Like I don't know if he made these TV series, how weird would they be? <laughs> Maybe there's a reason they never get made. I don't know. Yeah, um, he did have two more TV shows made, uh, and I have no idea if we're gonna be able to find them. But the the TV show, his follow the follow up TV show on this uh, on the air, also created by him and. Mark Frost has like seven episodes and only three of them aired. Um, maybe they're really good. I'm excited to see that. Yeah, if we'll, he only directed the pilot episode, but uh, I, from what I heard, is the pilot episode too, is really great and the rest is like fine. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, and then he directed, uh, the, or then he also made a TV show called uh, The Hotel Room, which only has three episodes and they're all like 30 minutes long. And it was supposed to be his attempt at The Twilight Zone. Mm. Huh. Sounds. It's the Twilight Zone. Mm. Okay. Twilight Zone would exist without some peaks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> that's how it works. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next month. And until then, stay peaky. Stay <laughs> <laughs> poggers. Nice. Okay. You got one peak. Not not enough. Double that shit. Uh, check out her Twin Peaks. Okay. Uh. <laughs> Bye. Zing. <laughs> Damn good coffee fee. Damn good content. <laughs>